July 4th and uh, or Independence Day. I don't want to I don't want to forget to say Happy Independence Day. I am so thankful uh, for our independence in this country. Uh, it, uh, it, 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 God had His sovereign hand in the creation of it, and I thank the Lord for it. I don't want to put that aside. I don't want to ignore that. We have God to thank for it. Uh, that being said, we are we are uh, pilgrims and uh, looking for another land. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for another city. And my, 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 my home is in heaven. And I, I, I thank the Lord for that. I thank God for all that he has given to us and called us unto. And uh, uh, so I just, I just want to praise the Lord for all he's done. Uh, it's a blessing to see everybody here. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We are going to finish out chapter 3 this, this, this morning. Uh, we have been uh, studying this, uh, this book for the last... Well, for a good part of this year, but uh, uh, we'll finish out the last two verses. Our text this morning is verses 20 and 21. Uh, but uh, just to give us, to remind us of the context and to 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 put us uh, to put us back where we we are. We started our reading this morning in verse 30. Uh, sorry, verse 13. It says, uh, uh, it says in verse 13, "Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulation for you." Which is your glory, and we've preached a mess. I preached a message several weeks ago on on fainting not, and that there's reasons why we shouldn't faint, and because others are watching us, and 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 we live in a world where all men are watching us. They want to see what's going to happen in our lives. We claim to be Christians, and and they're waiting for us to fall. They're waiting for us to fail. And so so listen, it's it's important that we faint not, that we don't grow weary, that we don't quit because others are, are watching us. That not only are others relying on us, but we're a part of something bigger uh, than ourselves. Uh, the Bible says that we are part of God's eternal plan. What, 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 what to talk about is talk about the church. And, and so we are part of something bigger. You, when I say that God's plan for the church is, is bigger than us, it's, it's bigger than one person. It's all of us. We are the body of Christ, amen? Uh, the, the body of Christ, the church, is the called out uh, assembled believers. And so, so uh, we are part of that. And so other people are relying on us to be here. They're relying upon us to serve to one another. They're relying upon us, uh, one another to, to, to uh, encourage and strengthen and bear one another's burdens and be there and pray there for one another. It's important that we're there for one another. It's this, this idea of, of separating yourself, and I don't need to go to church to be a good Christian. You don't need to go to church to be a Christian. We, we're saved by faith, amen? Uh, but we certainly need to obey the Word of God, and the Word of God tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, especially as we see the day approaching. Uh, it's, in fact, it's so much more as we see the day approaching, and we should be gathering together and encouraging one another because we need it. Not only uh, are, do, are, are, are we to not faint or not quit because others are watching us and others are relying upon us, but others are laboring for us. Uh, there are people that are praying for you. There are people that are trying to minister to you. And listen, there's nothing more discouraging, nothing harder than, than, than a pastor or a teacher or somebody that you're praying for. Watching that person, uh, watching somebody else that you're praying for or laboring for, uh, quit and walk away. And so it's, it's important that we, that, we, that we faint not, and then that's where we find our glory. That's, uh, God will reward us for that. But just knowing that, that, we don't, that we're not supposed to faint doesn't help us in not fainting. It, I mean, it might encourage us for a few minutes. It might help us to go a little bit further. But, but the, the, the key to not fainting is, is found in verse 14 of, of uh, chapter, uh, chapter 3 there. 
This is for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family uh, in heaven and earth is named. The, the reason that Paul was able to, to uh, the reason that the, they were going to be able to not faint was somebody was praying for them. In fact, prayer is the key to continued, continual strength to be able to go on. It's not a physical effort that we're putting in while there is physical effort. It's not a, it's not a, it's a spiritual energy, a spiritual strength that we need there, uh, that, that we might be able to go in. Paul says that, that outwardly that they were, that they were, that they were perishing. But inwardly, they were renewed day by day. It's important that we have that inner strength and those, those, those spiritual things. And how important is it for us to be praying for one another spiritually? Uh, uh, there are folks that are within these walls that, 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 that have physical ailments that we can pray for. And I'm not saying we shouldn't pray for them. The Bible says we should. But many times we focus on the, 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 those things that are, those things are tangible, those things that we can see, those things that we can touch. Uh, uh, this one needs this, or this one needs this, this one's car's broken down, or, and I'm not pointing anybody, uh, but, but, but there, there are tangible things that we can see, and we pray about that, we forget about the spiritual things that we should be praying for. Because, listen, whether or not somebody, uh, is able to be healed by cancer, and God can heal people, and we're gonna talk about this morning how God is able. But listen, just because they're going through this, that may not be God's plan for their life. And what they really need is the spiritual strength, the spiritual fortitude to be able to go through what they're getting ready to go through because God may heal them and God may not heal them. We don't know. Right now we're talking, uh, we talk, Brother, uh, Brother Stoney Dart was mentioned uh, this morning. Uh, this is a man who's, who, who gave his, 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 his entire life to traveling the country and, 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 and preaching and singing uh, the word of God and he now lays in a hospital bed at the young age of, I don't think he's even 40 yet, is he? He's 41, dying of cancer in his last few days. What does he mean? Could God heal him? Sure. Do I believe that's God's plan for his life? No. So well, that would be amazing. Yes, it would. You know what's more amazing? His faithfulness. And those that are around him, being faithful to the God as he brings them through that. We need to be praying for one another spiritually. We talked about the four, we, we, of the last four messages, we talked about the four things that Paul prayed for. Spiritual fortitude, that inner strength that only comes from God, from, through Jesus Christ, through the, through the power of the Spirit in our lives. We need that, that inner strength. Uh, uh, we need to be renewed day by day so that no matter what happens, no matter what circumstances that we're in, we can go on. That's how we don't quit. The second thing he prayed for there is found in verse 17. It's not the spiritual fortitude. It is the sincere faith. Sincere faith. It's in verse 17 it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Listen, uh, the Holy Spirit indwells each one of us as we're saved. Uh, and, and that's been, we're saved by faith. But this isn't one to talk about. He's talking to Christians. Uh, what he's talking about is that, that word that word dwell means to inhabit forever, uh, indefinitely. You're not planning on leaving. You're, you're going to be there. You're going to dwell there. And when somebody dwells there, uh, they have an effect on this, the area surrounding them. And it also, it also means pervasive. Uh, uh, that, there, that there's not a, an area in your life that, that God does not affect. Uh, there, there are so many Christians today that are walking around and, and with certain areas of their life that think, well, God can't give me victory over this. Yes, he can. 
Can I tell you, there is not a, 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 a temptation, that there is not a trial in your life that God cannot give you victory over. He can give you victory. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, the Bible says. And how are we going to have victory? By faith. That's what says that, that Christ dwells in us, that Christ would dwell in us by faith. Paul said it, or said it this way in Galatians. Uh, uh, it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And, and the life that I live now is by faith in, in the Son of God. So we need to be able to believe that God can do the things he says he can. We need to believe that God can, can give us victory, not doubt, not fear. Not, not reasoning, well, I don't know if God can do that. No, we need to have faith. We also need a stimulating force or motivation in, uh, in this. And Paul, uh, Paul prays for that in the next couple of verses. And it's not actually his prayer. He's telling them what he's praying for in their lives. But in verse, the second half of verse 17, he says, that ye being rooted and grounded in love may, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And just to make this quick so we understand it, He's praying that they would be grounded in love, not grounded in their own abilities. Uh, because, listen, in, in their own goodness. Because if we're grounded in who we are, listen, we ain't, we're not good enough. And we're going to see it. But if we're grounded in the love of God, which loved us even when we were at our lowest, we'll never, we'll never be able to be moved away from that. And we'll cling to that. We'll, we'll, we'll draw our strength from that. But, but that becomes our, our, our motivation to, to love God because the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And Paul says it this way, the, the, the love of Christ constraineth me. Listen, I, I'll give everything because I love Christ. My love of God and his love for me constrains me uh, to, to live my life. Listen, we're not going to quit if we're motivated by love of God. We might quit if we're motivated by love for, for praise. We might quit if we're motivated by, by, by love for ourselves. We might be motivated by, uh, if we're motivated by love for fame. But listen, we'll never quit if we're motivated by love for Christ because he never quit on us. Last we talked about on Wednesday, uh, not just the, the stimulating force there, but the, uh, we need to be spirit-filled. And he prays for that. The last thing there at the end of, uh, end of verse 19, that they might be filled with all the fullness of God, and what that's talking about is being made more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. Christ was, uh, Christ was our greatest example. The Bible says, in him dwelt all the, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Uh, listen, if, if, if anybody uh, uh, needed the Holy Spirit in them, it is me. But then I look at Jesus Christ, I look at him in the Bible, we, we read over and over again, where he being, uh, let, was led up of the Spirit up into the wilderness. Uh, he was rested on, the Bible says, the power of the Spirit was upon him to heal. Listen, he relied upon the Spirit for everything that he did. Yes, he was God in the flesh, but he set aside that to take on humanity. And in his humanity, he needed the Spirit of God. And so, so we need the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God. You say, I, I have it. You do. Does he have you? If you're saved, the Spirit of God indwells you. He seals you until the day of redemption. Uh, uh, until, you're, until you get to heaven, uh, you have him living with inside of you, and he has sealed you until God has brought you to that point where, where he finishes, where he matures uh, matures you. But listen, what you, what, 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 what you need is to let Christ, the Holy Spirit to have all 
of you. Lastly, uh, we've been talking about Paul's praise or prayer. We're going to look at Paul's praise because as Paul was talking about all the things that, that he was praying that God would do in them, it kind of got him uh, excited. Uh, he began to, to, to look at, 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 at who he was speaking to and or, or, speak, or talking about how he was who he was praying to, and, and, and man, it kind of set, sets him off on this, this time of praise. And the truth is, if we're, going to, if we're going to be praying for God to do something spiritual, and if we really believe God can do something in our lives, something that, that we can't do, it might just give us some hope. Verse 20. Take, take your Bibles and turn over there to verse, verse 20 of Ephesians chapter 3. I want to read it, read 20 and 21, and we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to help us. And we're going to go through these two verses as, as, as clearly and as quickly as we can. Verse 20 says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for this time. God, I pray that you would open up my mouth. Lord. God, I pray that I would be emptied. That, Lord, that, that there'd be nothing of me in this message or, or in, the, in these moments. But Father, that your spirit would have complete control. That you give me every word, to, the very words to speak, Lord, and the message to proclaim. God, and the power to proclaim it. God, I pray that you would encourage and touch each and every heart that's here. Father, you know what's needed. Lord, I, I, I don't... I don't pretend to know, but God, I pray that you would do a work in each one of us, Lord, that we'd walk out of here praising you, thanking you for all that you've done, a different, walk out of here a different people than when we came in. We ask this in Jesus' precious name, amen. I want you to notice as Paul begins to praise the incredible person whom he's praising, he says, now unto him. Well, who is he talking to? Or who is he talking about? Uh, 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 well, he tells us in the previous verses there, uh, in Ephesians, if you go back, well, I have to turn the page, but you probably don't have to. There he says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in, in heaven and earth is named. Uh, if you jump over to uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, you see this. Uh, this is who he's praying to. Uh, verse 6, 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4, 5, and 6. It says this, but, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, and hath quickened us together in Christ, by grace he is saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit in, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding great... The exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Who is he talking about? The great I am. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the, the, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who spoke into existence uh, the entire creation that we, that we see today. Listen, it is God Almighty who he's talking about. There is no one else that we should ever be praising. We, uh, we, man, we, pick up, we pick people, the, the strangest people, to, to put on pedestals. Uh, 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 who likes football? Raise your hand if you like football. How, do you, how many of you root for Tom Brady? 
Most of the people around here don't anymore because he doesn't, he doesn't play for New England. But you used to, didn't you? In fact, well, what was the term that I all, you don't, because you're not from around here either. But, but well, what was the term that I used to hear all the time? Goat. Greatest of all time. Why? Because he, he came back from a, that was an amazing f- football game, by the way, Super Bowl, when he came back from, from almost nothing to, to win in the, in the last quarter. Amazing, amazing. I mean, put, put him on a pedestal. But you know what he is? He's just a man who can throw a ball. We'll put him on a pedestal. We'll worship, our teenagers will worship him. Uh, uh, you look at some of these, uh, these, these actors or, or singers and our, our kids or, or young people or, or want to dress like them and act like them and sound like them. Listen, that is foolishness. We'll put all kinds of people up on a pedestal to, to worship and follow after. But when we talk about God, whoa, 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 whoa. I know we go to church and worship God here, but should we really be praising him? He is the God of all creation. He spoke this entire uh, earth into existence and everything outside of the earth. Uh, uh, the, the, the space is expanding uh, and light years every second. And, and, and he created it all. That is God. He's not something that you can put in a box and try to explain. He isn't the God of your creation. He isn't something that you carved out or, or something that you thought out. No, he is God. He tells you who he is. God is love. God is just. God is righteous. God is holy. Listen to the angels as they stand there, as they stand up in heaven in Isaiah chapter 6. What are they saying? Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. There'll be a day when we stand before God, and I'll be honest, I don't know that any one of us will stand, we'll all fall on our faces, the Bible says, that at the name of, at, at, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. I, I can't imagine the goodness of God. I can't imagine the, the, the fullness of God's grace and, and mercy and be able to stand there before him to see it all. He deserves our praise. He deserves our praise because he is our creator. Whether we like him or not, we live in a world that, in a time, in fact, it's always been this way, but a large portion of the people have always rejected. Now, thankfully, there has always been a certain group of people who've, who've always been after. And listen, I'm not saying it's Baptist. I'm not saying it's a certain, a certain race or anything. The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 4, at the end of the chapter, it says that there, that there, there grew up a, a lineage of men who, who called out after God. They were seeking after God. I'm thankful that God puts that in some of our hearts. Listen, he is, our, he is our creator. He's our master. He's, uh, he, he is who he is, regardless of what we, we, we say he is. Not only is he the creator, uh, uh, he is, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his mind and his wisdom goes beyond, and his plan goes beyond our understanding. We talk about the sovereign will of God. We're talking about God has his hand in everything and isn't surprised by anything. Now, God didn't, I'm not saying that God picked and choose, chose, yeah, that's the right word. And I'm not saying God picked and chose who's to be saved. He gave us free will. But what I will say is God knows beforehand who's, who was going to choose to follow him. Why? Because he's God. And in his, in his, in his infinite mind, he's able to run through all the different... I, I, I don't necessarily understand it because my mind is finite, finite. I'm limited in my complete understanding. But I have enough of an understanding that I don't understand all that God is. He is an incredible person. He's the one who planned for Christ to die on the cross for our sins. 
Go back into, you don't need to turn there, but chapter 2, verse 1 says, You who are dead in your trespasses and sins. Talking about how we were away from God and we were spiritually dead. And he goes on to describe us, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But that's, that's, that's who he was, or that's who we were. But then verse 4 says, But God in his mercy saved us. He took us out of where we were and, and, and made us into what we are. And, and it continues to make us. what, what uh, there's, He's got a further plan for us. That's who God is. And can I tell you, that God deserves our praise. That God deserves our worship. That God deserves our everything. He is God. Notice not only the incredible person here that Paul's talking about, the inexhaustible power. Inexhaustible power. It says, now unto him that is able to do. The word able there is in, in the Greek is dynamo. That's where we get the idea of the word dynamite. It's talking about great power, power that can, can do and create. And, and listen, we have a God who, who has infinite power. Uh, anybody ever find it... it uh, uh, a terrible thing when you turn on the lights and the lights don't come on? Or what about in the middle of one of those snowstorms uh, that we get and, and you're out of power for days? Anybody like that? I hate it. I've got a, a generator. I, I like my generator. But it only does part of my, it keeps my, my fridge going and it doesn't even keep, it keeps heat going in the house because we go out of a pellet stove. Uh, there's nothing worse than having a limited amount of power, especially when it runs out. But we have a God who has inexhaustible power. Uh, I want you to notice that there's nothing that God is not able to do. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus saith unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible. Verse 10, or chapter 10, verse 27, same book. Paul says this, or, or God, God says this, Christ said it actually. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it's impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. Jesus, this is not Jesus speaking this time. This is an angel, but, but it's speaking. Uh, it's an angel speaking to Mary, and it says there in verse thirteen. But the angel said, "It's not Mary, Zachariah. Sorry, but, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife." That's the wrong. I wrote down the wrong verse. Ephesians chapter one, verse nineteen. Verse 19 says this, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? Now let's stop and, and just meditate on this idea for a moment. We have a God who lives, who, who existed before time, space, uh, 
all the all the gravity, all the all the laws that that we have to abide by, and we see we see the world existed. He he existed outside of it. In fact, not only did he exist outside of it, he created it. He doesn't. He is self-existent. He doesn't need anything else. And, and he created all the power and all the all the energy, all that there is in this world. If he has the ability to do that, uh, uh, that that's just uh, that, that number one that boggles my mind. But 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 two, but two. All, one of God's, or all of God's attributes kind of mingle together. When I say that, what I mean by that is he is infinite. He is everlasting to everlasting. He, he, he's not bound by time. And because he is infinite, all of his, all of his uh, attributes are infinite. The, God's love is infinite. God's mercy is infinite. God's power is infinite. There is not an end to God's power. There is no limit to what God can do. Now this is important when we're talking about the context of what Paul is saying. Here in what he's praying for. Paul says, listen, I'm praying for your inner strength. I'm praying for your increased faith. I'm praying for your understanding of the love of God and your willingness to, to give yourself unto him because of it. Listen, I'm praying for you to grow as a child of God. Well, that's not something you or I can do, is it? I, 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 I can't do anything to make myself grow spiritually. I can't mature myself in any way. It has to happen in the same way that I got life, and that was through Jesus Christ, through the, the working of the, the Spirit of God in me. So, listen, there is nobody that is so far from God that God cannot heal them. There's the God, when I say that, I'm talking about healing them, healing them spiritually or physically, regardless of it. There's nobody that God cannot touch and work in their life from, from somebody who, who was involved in, in drugs and alcohol and pornography and, and murder and whatever terrible, evil, wicked sin you can think of. Throw it all on there. God can still touch them. God can still reach them, and the power of God can still change them. There are people in here today that, that once were drunks. There are people that are in here today who, who, were, who, who, who sold their bodies for drugs. Listen, there are people in here today, uh, listen, uh, their faces are coming to my mind. There are people who have been, who've been physically molested and, and attacked and were able to overcome those things because of what God did in them. So when I say that God is able, listen, God is able to work in your life. God is able to help you to overcome whatever it is that you're struggling with. You don't have to bear it alone. God's power is inexhaustible. God's power is inexhaustible. There is no end to it. There's no limit to what he can do. God's arm is not shortened in whom he can save, Isaiah says. Not only is God the incredible person, not only do you see his inexhaustible power, but we see his inconceivable potential. It says, now unto him that is able to do, notice the next couple of words, exceeding, abundantly, above, all that we ask or think. Can you imagine what would happen if God answered every single one of your prayers? Some of you would be driving new cars. Other, others of you would have really fat bank accounts. All the, all the illness would, in, 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 in the church would be gone. Nobody would be sick. We'd all be fat, fat and happy. Actually, no, if, my prayer, if some of our prayers were correct, I'd be skinnier. 
I wouldn't be fat and happy, I'd just be happy. God says, God, Paul says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. There is no limit to what God can do. There is a limit to what we can ask for and what we do ask for. In fact, there's, there's even a limit on what we imagine that God could use us for. Have you ever put yourself in a box and said, well, God could never, would never call me to preach? God could never have me, God, I could never teach a Sunday school class. I could never get up in front of somebody, somebody and sing. I could never do this. I could never do, you're right. You can't. But God can. God can make you whatever he wants you to be. In fact, that's what Paul's praying for. He's ta- talking about spiritual maturity. When I, when I look at all of these young kids that are here today, you know what I see? Potential. I see potential that God could raise up young men and women of God are preachers, deacons, pastors. Who knows? I ain't going to live forever. <laughs> but I don't see it when I just look at them. I see it when I look at all of you. There is incredible potential in this place what God can do. Look what Jesus did with 12 fishermen and tax collectors. The Bible says that they turned the world upside down. Now, they didn't turn the world upside down. God did. But before God used them to turn the world upside down, he turned them upside down. He changed them, took them from one thing, and gave them another job. Uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, and uh, they, were, they, were, they were fishermen. And he said, listen, you're not going to fish for fish anymore. Now you're going to fish for men. Uh, he gave them a, a, a new purpose. Uh, Paul, who was one who was actively trying to destroy the church, Christ gave him a new purpose. Instead of destroying the church, he began planting churches. How ironic is that? What happened? When he got saved and the Spirit began to work in him, the Spirit began to change him. And the Spirit can do that for every single one of us if you're saved. In fact, he will do it. The Bible says in Philippians, I am confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Well, God can never do that with me. Oh, yeah. My wife once said, I used to say when I, I, teased, when I would teach her about uh, getting, us being in the ministry, she said, not in your life. And then the day that God called me to the ministry, I thought this is going to be a very difficult uh, conversation with my wife. And I went home from work and I said, honey, we've got to talk. I said, God's called me to preach. I was expecting this here. I don't know you don't. And what I heard was, whatever God wants us to do. What happened? I didn't have to convince her. I didn't have to do any kind of work. What happened? God worked in her heart. God prepared her. She meets people today that she grew up with, that she used to work with. And like, you do what? You're a you're a who? You're, a, you're you, not just you go to church, but you're a pastor's wife. 
Listen, I'm not trying to lift up my wife. I, I, I love my wife. I, I'm thankful for what God has done in her life, but I'm not giving her any credit. Just like I don't give myself any credit for where God's got me. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the power of God. God is able. And there are infinite possibilities. It's not just what we can ask or think. He says, above what you can ask or think. So, so take your list, your, your, your bucket of things that you can think of, and, and, and put it all in one bucket, and it's heaped over that. But then it doesn't just say above. It says, it says abundantly above. And so, uh, and so it's, it's on top of that. It's just God's, I can do more than you can ever imagine if we would just seek God. So you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my background. No, I don't. But you don't know mine. God knows mine. God knows yours. And God can do the same thing in both of our lives. Because he's God. See, this inconceivable potential is because of the indistinguishable potency. So now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. See, that same power that works in us is the same power that when, when God said, let there be light. That same power that works in us is, is the same power we talked about back in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. says, but God in his great mercy quickened us and made us alive. Saved us from all of our sin. And that's the same power. It is not different. We have hope that we're going to have an eternal life because the Bible says in John 3.16, we can all quote it, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We have hope that we have faith in Christ. If we have faith in Christ, we can have eternal life. Where does that hope come from? From the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And the Bible says that that same power that rose Christ from the dead works in us now. We can become more and more like Jesus Christ, not because of who we are, not because of what we have been taught, not because of what we learned, but because of what the Spirit of God could do in each and every single one of us. It is indistinguishable. Why? Because it's the same power. It is the same Spirit. It is the same God. The same God who split the Red Sea for Moses and held back the waters of the Jordan for Joshua. You say, well, those are two different miracles. Yep, but it's the same power. Same God that saved you, saved me, is the same God and the same power. Same God that changed me, changed, can change you. It's the same God, it's the same power. It's indistinguishable. Now, knowing that, knowing what God can do in us, and knowing what, what God uh, has done in us, uh, there should be a, a resounding praise that comes from our lives unto him. Because that's what, that's what Paul was saying here. He says, now unto him that is able. He went on a minute and talked about who, he, who he's praising. He's praising God and because of his power and his grace and his might and his mercy. But now unto him, where does this glory come from? It says, it says there in verse, unto him be glory. Where does this glory come from? We can praise God in all kinds of ways. I've heard God, I, I've heard God praised in song. You ever heard, heard, heard uh, and, and been there when, when just the, the, the music is, is, is right, the spirit is moving, and, and sometimes the, 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 uh, who was here when the threads came and they sang, uh, um, oh, what's the song that they sing? Behold our God. Behold our God. It was good when they sang it here. But we were at a youth conference. 
The first time I heard it was at this, them singing at this youth conference. And uh, they, they were singing at this youth conference and just talking about who God is and all that he is. And, and listen, the Spirit of God was, was, was moving in just a, in, in an interesting way. And, and the, the, the hair on the back of my neck started. No, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that something magical happened. I'm saying that God was, that God was glorified and God was praised because, because of who he is. And we can praise God with music. The Bible says we're to lift up our holy hands. We're to praise God with our, by lifting up our holy hands. We can, we can praise God with, with, with obedience. We can praise God with, with our worship. But do you know what God really wants? you know what God really wants? It isn't the songs that we sing. Some of us can sing and some of us can't. <laughs> the Bible does say make a joyful noise. I don't care if you, can, if you can carry a tune or not. God still wants you to praise him with your lips. We're to praise him with our lips. But you know the praise God really wants? It's with your life. It's with your life. Look back with me uh, here in Ephesians to chapter 1. Look at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Notice that. This is what God's chosen us, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. This is talking about the way that we live, a, a holy life uh, in love for God and for one another. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Why? To be the praise of the glory of his grace. That us in our holy life, becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. Listen, uh, we're not holy like God is holy, but we are to try to be holy like God is holy. And us in our holy life becomes the praise of God's glory. Listen, it's not the only time he says that here. We see it again in verse, uh, verse 12. Uh, that we should be, uh, go back to verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Why? That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Let's keep reading. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye were believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. That's when, that's when God, we are redeemed, we are in heaven, and we are like Christ. And what happens when we become like Christ? Under the praise of his glory. The greatest glory that we can give to God is not with our lips. Because listen, there are people that can sing like a bird and don't glorify God. They, 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 you, can, you, can, you can glorify God with lifting up of your hands, but the Bible says lift up holy hands. What does that tell me? That there are people with dirty hands that are lifting them up to praise God, and that doesn't praise God at all. You can, you can glorify God by sacrifice and giving your life, but if your life is, is, is only halfway given or, 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 or is not, there's sin that's not been confessed, guess what? God doesn't want it. He'd rather have mercy and humbleness but rather than sacrifice. But what God does want is a life holy given over unto him. That is how we glorify God. As children of God, we allow him to have his way in our life. It's an incomparable praise. It's greater than any other kind of praise. Giving our lives and serving Jesus Christ. Becoming the praise of his glory. That praise comes from an inconceivable people. There, back in Ephesians chapter three, we're almost done. I know, 
I know it's getting close to lunchtime and there's food out there. We can smell it. Hang on with me just for another moment or two. It's now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory. Where? In the church. Not by the church. In the church. Paul says, we want this glory to be unto God, but I want it to be in, but he's, 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 he said, in the church. What's the church? Not the building. If it was the building, we could come in on Sundays and just and wear our Sunday best and act our Sunday best and, and, and sing our songs and everything be good. The traditions were met. We did what we were supposed to do. We can go home and do whatever we want now. That is not what he's saying. In the church, in you and I, this glory is to be in the church. This praising to God, this lifting up of God is, is to be in the church. It means, turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the, what's this for? The perfecting of the saints. Now that word perfecting doesn't mean that we are going to be perfect here in this earth or that we can be perfect here in this earth. It's talking about the spiritual maturity. So it's for the maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God's desire, this glory, is that you and I and every single one of us, we're all in different areas in our life. Some of us have been saved for years. Others, maybe, others of us uh, maybe all been saved for a short period of time. Uh, uh, others, uh, and listen, you can... Be saved and not grow. Just like if you have a malnourished baby and you don't give them any food, guess what happens? They don't grow very well. We have a brand new baby in the back. Absolutely beautiful little boy. Gorgeous. I've gotten to hold him a couple times. He cries when I hold him. <clears throat> he don't like me. But I'll, I'll win him over. I'm like a fungus. <laughs> I grow on you. What happens if you don't feed him? He cries. What happens if, no, 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 I know you wouldn't do this. What would happen if you just didn't feed him ever? He'd grow weak. He'd stop crying, wouldn't he? If you neglected him, and, and, and he wouldn't grow, and he wouldn't be what he could potentially one day be. How many Christians were malnourished in the word of God? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many, how many young Christians uh, weren't told or, or weren't, weren't taught to read their Bible on a daily basis or, or maybe they got discouraged and they quit reading it because they didn't necessarily understand it. And guess what? You become spiritually malnourished and you don't grow and you don't become uh, what potentially you could be. Why? Because when you were a babe, you didn't, have, you didn't get the milk of the word. Some of us are babes in Christ, whether it's by age or by malnourishment. Others, uh, there are others here that are more mature. Some of you have been saved longer than I've been alive. Praise God for that. And you're spiritually grown. Uh, we, we have a group of ladies that gather together every, every week on Wednesday because they, they're older and they can't get out. And, and, and they pray 
They have their own prayer meeting because they can't come and be a part of our prayer meeting. I'm not trying to lift up people. I'm saying praise God for what he's done in their lives. There is a level of spiritual maturity that they have attained. We're all at different levels, and I'm not trying to knock you for the level that you're at, okay? I'm not saying you're a bad Christian because you, don't, you haven't grown into, to be an adult Christian when maybe you're not supposed to be there yet. But you should have the desire to grow. You should have the desire to become more and more like Christ. There should be a hunger in you, just like there's a hunger in that little baby back there. I got to hold him for a few minutes yesterday. You know what he did? He cried. But it wasn't because of me, at least that's what I'm going to say. It was because he was hungry. It wasn't he, Billy Joe? She fed him and he stopped crying. Of course, I wouldn't hold him at the time. But she fed him and he stopped crying. And he was happy when she, when she was done feeding him. Why? Because he was hungry. He had a hunger in him. Is there a hunger in you? Listen, I don't know about you. I'm not a baby anymore, but I still get hungry as you can all tell. You, you, you got you, you to eat. Listen, there's food out there. You're all smelling and saying, man, when is this guy going to be done so we can go out there? I, I, I'm trying to feed you with the spiritual word before we go get the physical word. There, there, there should be, no matter what stage of maturity you're at, there should be a hunger for, for growth, a hunger for, 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 for nutrition, for the word of God, a hunger uh, that, that we would become more and more like Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, and you've never had that, then we need to begin to wonder if there's any spiritual life there to begin with. It's an inconceivable people. The church, you know why it's inconceivable? Because of who we are. How could God get glory out of us? Back in chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, it says this, And you, talking about the church, hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins, where in times past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That does not sound like a good thing. How could God, I know where God got me. How can God get, get any kind of glory out of my life? Not from who I am or what I was, but from who he's made me. We are an indescribable people. We are, we are not worthy. Uh, we're not able to praise God in and of ourselves. What the praise of God is is what God does in us. Three more quick things. An impressive producer. We see here that it's by Christ. Uh, in the church, by Christ Jesus. Whatever happens in us spiritually happens because of Jesus Christ. We cannot pull and, 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 and remove Jesus Christ from any of this. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. We are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are forgiven for our sins because Jesus Christ paid, the, the, paid for our sins, was the atonement for our sins. We cannot, we cannot remove that from this. God, that, the, the very beginning of our spiritual life comes because of our faith in him. We cannot remove it. And any work in, that's in us uh, has to do with him, him working in us through the Spirit of God. Uh, so, so we cannot divorce Jesus Christ. Listen, when I was, when I was lost, I, listen, I, got, I, I wasn't a bad kid. I, 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 most of you know my testimony. I, I, was, I was a good kid. I went to church from the very first Sunday I was alive. and In fact, I'm probably in utero I was in church. Uh, uh, never missed a Sunday other than a couple when I, when I pretended like I was sick because I wanted to watch Disney movies on Sunday evenings. And 
I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, Wednesday night, or Tuesday night, depending on what church we were, we were at. Uh, I went to Bible college. I, 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 I was a good kid growing up, but it wasn't until the age of 15 I'd, I'd heard the gospel I don't know how many times. I could quote to you the Romans Road. In fact, I, I can remember telling people the gospel and witnessing and telling people about Jesus Christ before I ever, by faith, trusted in him myself. When I was 15, uh, I, 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 I finally understood that when I said, for all of sin and control the glory of God, I was talking about my sin, and it was my sin that put Jesus Christ on the cross. And it, I was without Christ, and I was on my way to, to, to hell where I, would be, where I would be away from God for all eternity. And it was then that I placed my faith in Jesus Christ. I wasn't saved because I grew up in a Christian home. I wasn't saved because, because of uh, the church they went to. I was saved because... God touched my heart, and I saw that I really needed it. I didn't say a special prayer because somebody knocked on my door and said, hey, will you pray this prayer? And I wasn't trying to get rid of him. I didn't say a prayer because, because, listen, God spoke to my heart. I don't know how many times I sat through invitations. I don't know how many times I I heard the gospel uh, presented. I don't know how many times I would read the Bible at that point in time. But what I can tell you, when God spoke to me, my heart heard it. And it went from being a knowledge of what the Bible had to say from up here to he's talking about me. And that's when I got saved. And if you're here today, you say, this doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, listen, the Bible says you're still dead in your trespasses and sins. But God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. It doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, or even if you've ever prayed a prayer before, because I had made professions of faith before. It wasn't until God spoke to my heart that it became real. And the truth is, it needs to become real for all of us. The Bible says it's appointed a man who wants to die, and after that, the judgment. We have just come to the end of a pandemic, or we're at the end of the pandemic. I'm so thankful that masks are gone and all that stuff is over with. People died, real people died in that pandemic. But the truth is, people die every single day. We are not guaranteed another minute or another hour. We could go home and get in the car and die in a car accident before we ever made it out to the end of the driveway. I've seen how some of you drive. I, I, I joke, but it's true. Not about the driving part, but the, you, about dying on the way home part. As a paramedic, I, don't, I, never, I never saw somebody get in a car accident and said, well, you know, I planned on this today. I put it in my calendar. I knew this was going to happen. How many times I, I, I closed the eye? How many times I close the eyelids? I'm a teenager ejected from a car. Or a mom would never see her kid again. They didn't expect that. I was said, it's a point of annoying man wants to die. We're all going to die. Unless God comes back first. What's going to happen when you die? Are you riding comfortably along saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm in, I, I go to church, I, you know, whatever. I, 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 I do my... Are you saved? Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. He didn't say you must go to church. He did not say you must tithe. He did not say you must do this or do that. He did not say you must wear this or wear that. He said you must be born again. How does that happen? Nicodemus asked the question, Should I, do I need to crawl back up into my mother's womb? He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He's talking about the spiritual birth that comes, that takes place when we truly get saved. Romans chapter 10 says this, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Paul told the, Paul told the, the, the Philippian jailer when he asked, What must I do to, to be saved? He said, Believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. We are saved by faith in Christ alone. Say, well, what do I do? There are no special words. There's no special prayer that, that you need to pray to be saved. You need to trust that what God said is true. And you need to call out on them to save you. And that is it. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting in a church, sitting in a pew, sitting in your car, or wherever else you want to go. Listen. But the moment God speaks to your heart, that's the moment. This is the day of salvation. Christ is an impressive producer because of all that he does for us. And we see here an infinite progeny. The word progeny means generations. It says throughout all ages. The word ages there specifically is talking about generations in the Greek. There's never been an age since Christ. Can you imagine? Think about this. Twelve men followed Jesus. When Christ died and resurrected, you would think, you know, how could that really affect the whole world? It would die off. In fact, that's what the Pharisees said. If it's of God, if it's not of God, it's just going to die off. But it didn't. We are 2,000 years later in another country altogether, and in fact, it's all over the entire world. The gospel has been preached. Why? Because it is to, to every generation. It is to every, every, every uh, people group. Uh, the, the, the gospel is for everyone. It is not for a limited amount of people or a certain period of time. The gospel is for all of us. And the last is the infinite period where he says this. At the end, he says, world without end. There will always be a remnant of those that believe. And the work of God will be evident and glorifying the Father. Now, we may not always be here. There'll be a time when the church is taken away, but we'll glorify God in heaven. Amen? The question, I got a couple of questions for you, and we'll be done. Knowing this, that, that, that all the glory and all the praise goes to God for what he is able to do in the life of a believer, and, and, and who he's able to save, and who he's able to change, and what he's able to, to accomplish through the life of a believer who has surrendered unto him, how surrendered are you if you're saved? Would you be willing to do something that, that uh, what is it in your life that would be unimaginable? Well, God, couldn't, God would never get me to do that. Oh, yeah? What is it that you don't want to do? That's really what it comes down to. It's not what we. It's not about those things that, that we think. Well, uh, it's it's not. If God could do this, God can equip us for anything. He is able. What is it that you don't want to do? What is it that you're holding back? Is there something in your life that, that you don't want to give up, or you you just don't seem to have victory over? Maybe that's a lack of faith, or, or you're not trusting that God can enable you to overcome that sin in your life, uh, or maybe you just like it. Uh, True revival is going to cost something for those of us that are Christians. Uh, that, 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 that spiritual growth costs something. Uh, we have to give up and we have to, uh, to follow after Christ through obedience and faith and submission. And if we would do that, 
If we were to be completely con- uh, consecrated unto God in our life, we would be amazed at the change that would take place in our life as individuals and as, as a church of this living organism. What would happen here if we would all examine ourselves, cast aside those things that are offensive unto God, and we would submit ourselves to the word of God and seek the power of God in our lives. I, we would be amazed at what God could do. We could have some Charles Spurgeon's or D.L. Moody's. We we could have some. Uh, we could have. Uh, we could have another Anna Marie West in here. I'm not looking at you, Dave, for any specific purpose. <laughs> Your mom would kill me if that was the case. We could have some men and women or young people grow up and spiritually, and God could use them in miraculous ways, in ways that we could never even imagine or think about. Because God can go above that, and he deserves all the glory for that. But are we allowing our lives to be that glory unto his praise? My other question is this. Maybe you're outside of all of that, and you're here today and you're lost. You've heard the gospel before, you, you, you know the story of Jesus, but it's never really been real to you. But God is speaking to your heart. Can I tell you, or can I ask you, what is it going to take to get you to submit and trust in Christ by faith? What's holding you back? Is life, I'll, I'll be honest, life, life is so much better as a child of God. I went, and I went through a period of time in my life where I played and, and got into all the, all the stuff that I'm not proud of, but the, the stuff that the world does. Because uh, as growing up in church, they thought, well, I must have missed out on something. So I got into it. And guess what? I didn't miss out on anything. I got drunk. I did the drugs. I did all those things that, that, that I, I'm ashamed to be, to, claim, to be able to say that I did. You know those, those, uh, those internet things on Facebook that come up and says you get a point for each of these things? I, I don't like to answer them because I, I get a really bad score. And I don't want people to look at my name and say, he, <laughs> he did that? I'm not proud of those things. But having gone through those things, I can tell you from personal experience, life with Christ is so much better. Not because I live in a nice house. I lived in a nice house before. Not because I, I, I have food under my table. I had food on my table before because I have Christ in me. And he's working in me and he's changing me. He's changing my desires. What's holding you back? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your, your word. I thank you for the, just this, uh, the fact that all the, that you've done in us Lord, it's because of your spirit and your power. Lord, it's, it, it is, has nothing to do with us other than we're, we're trusting you. God, I pray that you take this, this, this message, Lord, and take, take your word and, Lord, touch the hearts of those that, that you intend to touch. Lord, if there's one here today that's not saved, Lord, I would ask that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, make it real to them. Please, God. The rest of us, God, I pray that, Lord, that your spirit would work. Lord, you'd help us to consecrate our lives unto you, that we might be your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed.